every morning. Arabile Gomede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. At 7.31, the buying preferences of consumers continues to change and traditional life insurance providers are battling to keep up with the pace of change in consumer behavior. Liam Bromfield, who is the chief executive of F&B Life, joins us on the line to talk to us about the trend scene in the life insurance industry. Lee, thank you so much uh, for your time. Let's talk about why you believe that consumers are driving the digital disruption in life insurance. Morning, Sasha. I think it's um, really what customers prefer. Now, gone are the days where you know it takes forever to get a life insurance uh, policy, and you have to set up appointments and everything else. People want to be able to do it at home, do it on the comfort of their couch, you know, and be able to get it wherever they feel it's convenient to do so. Right. And in some of the trends that you're picking up. Yeah. So what's uh, quite interesting for us is that our app. Um, quotes are much bigger than our online quotes. So it just shows you that people are preferring to do this uh, sort of activity on their phones as opposed to the traditional desktops, which we find quite interesting. And we're finding almost half of our quotes are done after hours. And, you know, so it's people sitting on the couches at night um, and going through and going through the processes on that side. So it just shows you that once you put these options out for, for consumers, they really do love them and they really do take them up. But perhaps you could take us through some of the trends that's driving, uh, you know, this digital mm. disruption. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I suppose, a do-it-yourself culture and perhaps yeah. even uh, putting things that deal with value for money as well. Yeah, uh, there's quite a few things on that side. So one of the, the big ones is um, obviously value for money. You know, we can distribute policies much cheaper on digital platforms. So I think customers can get really good deals uh, taking up life insurance and they see the value in that. Um, the other big one is, um, you know, smartphone uh, adoption. You know, those uh, numbers have been rising consistently for a long time in the country. So that's helping uh, people be able to do that on their app and be able to do it from the comfort of their home. And people are just getting more comfortable with doing things by themselves. You know, um, I always use the example of uh, using Google Maps. You know, it was 10 years ago where people weren't even using GPSs. Now people trust Google Maps to get them to where they want to go. I think um, financial services is going to hit that way too. How difficult or easy is it for someone in your position as the CEO of F&B Life to constantly stay innovating when there is so much competition out there, especially from the fintechs as well? Look, uh, we're trying to restructure ourselves to, to be a lot more uh, nimble as a, as a business, you know, and trying to actually stay on the forefront of technology. I think the the hard thing is is trying to pick what you think are the right trends to follow or not because there's always something new or something that someone's talking about. And if you keep changing everything, flashing and new, you must probably never actually master anything and execute on anything. So I think as a CEO, you need to be able to know what's out there, have a nimble team to execute, but make, most importantly, make sure you pick the right things to do. Are there any opportunities that you're seeing in terms of where innovation is going, uh, perhaps even if you're getting your inspiration from the U.S. and what Silicon Valley is putting together? And this might sound a bit controversial, but uh, a lot of the stuff that's coming out of the, the U.S. Um, is very much designed for, for the U.S. And the U.S. has um, quite a complex financial services system. The, the best places to look in my mind are actually towards you know, the east and some of the the companies coming out of uh, China. Now, there's a, there's a few companies in China which have got really strong digital presence and a very strong innovation culture. 
Uh, one company that we're reading about were telling as many as a million policies a day on their platforms. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Lee. That's Lee Bromfield, who's the CEO of FNB Life, talking to us about how consumers are driving digital disruption in life insurance. Arabile, in terms of Tinder, have you been on it? Have you used it before? No. No, I can safely say no. <laughs> Well, there is a Tinder-inspired app that is helping farmers match up potential partners for their cattle. So it's a Tinder for cows? Yes. It's called Tada. It's a mix of a dating app of Tinder and Ada. And it lets farmers swipe right. I thought you meant like ta-da, like the the short of (laughs) da-da-da-da. So farmers can swipe right um, on their cattle if they like the look of it. And um, they are then directed to a page on the Sell My Livestock website where they can uh, browse more pictures and data about the animals before deciding whether to buy. So how does the farmer then know what's the right cattle for his cattle? Well, I, I, I'm not quite sure how you would know that, but I'm assuming if you're a farmer, you the specifics, like in terms of Tinder, so you put up a picture. If you like the picture, you can look at the information about the person um, in terms of what they do for a living, what they like, mm. etc. So I'm assuming with the cows, it works that way in terms of how much they weigh, are they healthy, um, what color, I don't know, those kinds so of things. So basically, it's, it's basically like... You know when your parents decide to choose for you who you're going to marry? Yes. That's pretty much what this is. Pretty much. So um, it's put together by Doug Boehner, CEO of um, Hector Agritech, which runs Sell My Stock and Graindex, which is a UK-based online agritech trading platform. So it launched just in time for Valentine's Day. (laughs) I wonder if uh, the cows are actually aware that it is Valentine's Day. Okay. Interesting one there. I just thought I'd touch on some uh, market news as well. Uh, Some some results news to have just come out. Italtal releasing their results for the six months. Uh, ended 31 December 2018, the big tile maker, of, tile maker, of course, uh, saying that um, this is actually the group's 50th anniversary since it was founded in 1969. System-wide turnover, 5.3 billion rand. That's up 23% uh, from 4.3 billion in 2017 as well. Trading profit um, brings them up to 968 million, which is also up 35%, a massive uptick there. Earnings per share uh, or headline earnings per share is up 13% to 54.7 cents per share over there. Um, and uh, Itel Tao also saying some, uh, some words there, saying that their retail operation is strategically supported by a vertically integrated supply chain. Not entirely sure what that means exactly, but they are saying that 2019 will be their 50th anniversary and hope to, to get even better profits. I have a cool there. fun fact. Cool, what's that? And it brings uh, Chris Gilmore into the picture. Do you remember your first purchase of Levi Strauss jeans? Can I say that I've never purchased a pair of Levi Strauss jeans? I've never owned one. <laughs> I, yeah, I always just look at them and go, oh, cute. Oh, cute. Okay. Uh, Chris. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, no, vividly. In the 1970s, 501s. With, with the button fly. Please don't tell me you still have them. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're good. They last long, but not that long. <laughs>
So uh, Levi Strauss has filed to list on the stock exchange, a New York stock exchange that is after more than three decades, they are returning and the company is set to be valued at $5 billion when it debuts. And uh, the company is 145 years old. So they were on the New York stock exchange, delisted and now plan to come back. Yes. But that is, I think, in line with the other gene makers as well. They're also trying to list uh, on the stock exchange. Yeah. Do you know where the name Denim comes from? No. Serge de Nîmes in France. De Nîmes, Denim. Mm -hmm. That's where it comes from. So wait, who is Serge de Nîmes? Serge Serge just means cloth in French. Serge Ah. from Nîmes. You know, the cloth from from Nîmes in France. That that was the derivation of the name. And it just got over the years... um, they merged it into denim, denim, denim. Oh, wow. You learn something new every day. Mm. Here's a question, though, for you with regards to this. Is this the right time to be listing? Um, is this the right market to be listing? Probably not. If you look at what's happening in the small cap arena particularly, mm. I mean, you're, you're seeing uh, so many companies just looking for the exits. And you ask yourself um, a question, well, you know, unless you're really going to be going for some, some crazy rights issues, uh, why on earth would you want to be listed? Mm. I mean, the market's going nowhere. So un- unless you perceive this to be the bottom, and it, look, who knows, it may be the bottom. Um, if history is anything to go by, you know, it may be the bottom. Then maybe the, the time to get in is now. I'm giving you a terribly, uh, <laughs> a terribly mixed message Well, you started here. off with the answer um, and then gave it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really don't think right now. Let, let the dust settle. See where, you, where, where the market is, is, is probably going. But, yeah. but, but locally, yeah. Not, wh- not when everyone else is looking for the exits. Okay. Well, interesting um, market there. Interesting fun fact there. Okay. Cool All right. Stuff. Let's have a look at traffic.